ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. It's the bottom line with Brad Taylor. Thank you for so much for joining us here on this Sunday morning. Oh, by the way, we're not the bottom line with Brad Taylor. We're the bottom line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel. That's our new, uh, we got a big new title sponsor for the show, Stable Duel. Make sure to download and check out their app today, Stable Duel, where horse racing meets college basketball in the month of March. Thank you so much again for joining us. Miss Judy, please take your meds this morning, or there will be no brackets for you this week. 859-381-1313. If you'd like to call in and join in on the conversation, that's 859-381-1313. You can email the show anytime, bottomlinelex at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter and chime in at bottomlinelex. We apologize for our technical difficulties last week. There was a computer glitch, and I was just sitting here yelling away as if nothing was wrong while the phones and uh, were lighting up all over the place. But last week's show did happen. It, like every other show, is in podcast form almost immediately after it airs on our website, WLXG.com. I hate that last week's didn't run because we did say take LSU as a value play in the SEC tournament. But we live through the windshield, not the rearview mirror, on the bottom line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel. On today's show, our official bottom line SEC tournament countdown is over. Thank God. A shocking roster move for Kentucky basketball yesterday. If by shocking, you mean we could see it coming from a mile away. A fan favorite tries to pull a fast one, and it looks like they just might get away with it. If you believe in karma, we have some proof that it does not exist. And, of course, our Mac Daddy Stogie Picks focusing on today's college basketball conference championship games. All this and a special announcement coming up regarding the show and the future of this show. So all this and much, much more coming up on today's edition of Lexington's fastest-growing sports talk radio show. But first, Tenzing Norgay. Who the heck is Tenzing Norgay? I can hear people right now shuffling through their little recruiting papers trying to figure out how many stars he has and what final choices he's down to because he's got to be, Kentucky's got to be on that list. No, he's not a high school five-star recruit. He was the second guy to reach the top of Mount Everest in 1953 along with Sir Edmund Hillary. Sir Edmund Hillary wanted to be the first on Mount Everest And he needed someone familiar with Mount Everest in that area to help him. So he sought out Tenzing Norgay, a quiet man who was local and familiar with Mount Everest, as he had been with other expeditions to try to climb this mountain in the past. On the way up Mount Everest, Hillary almost fell to his death in a crevice, and Norgay saved him. Both men reached the top, they took their pictures, and came back down the mountain as heroes. Sir Edmund Hillary was a well-spoken man who now walked around like a hero, doing all the interviews and taking all the credit. Now you have to call him Sir Edmund Hillary, for example, because he got that much notoriety for doing something nobody had ever done before. But not much changed for Tenzing Norgay, who was a quiet man, and he wasn't the media hero because he wasn't very well-spoken, and he couldn't really put the experience into words nearly as well. Edmund Hillary put the expedition together, got a lot of the credit, but he never would have made it without the help of Tenzing Norgay, an unsung guy who did the dirty work. 
Who are the best Tenzing Norgays in sports history? Scottie Pippen, obviously, quickly comes to mind. Michael Jordan never won a championship without Scottie Pippen next to him, doing the dirty work. Babe Ruth, going 100 years back. Babe Ruth had Lou Gehrig. And it even works outside of sports. Batman had Robin. Jerry Seinfeld had Joris Costanza. Beavis had Butthead. Oprah had Gail King. Mick Jagger had Keith Richards. Hall had Oates. OJ had AC. The list goes on and on. But the proof is in the pudding. Every great success story has a main guy and another guy who doesn't get the attention but often does the dirty work. Sir Edmund Hillary doesn't have the life he has if he doesn't have Tenzing Norgay helping him up that mountain. None of us can accomplish things in this world without some help from friends or the Tenzing Norgays of the world. Equate that to this year's Kentucky basketball team. What was their biggest problem? They didn't have any Tenzing Norgays to do all the dirty work that they could trust and count on. You could argue this team didn't have a Sir Edmund Hillary either, but John Calipari was the lead dog on this team. And this year, for the first time in his tenure at Kentucky, he had no Tenzing Norgay to do his dirty work and lead the way to success. So what happened this season with this Kentucky basketball team? In November, we were still in the pitch-dark darkness of COVID. Unlike now, when we could actually see the light at the end of the tunnel. It seemed like another typical Kentucky basketball season was underway. Preseason top 10 in the AP poll. Number one rated recruiting class coming in. The buzz here at Lexington was Final Four bust yet again. Just another season for Calipari. But as we know, it didn't end that way. 9-16 isn't exactly a top 10 season. But this is par for the course for Calipari teams in Kentucky, whether the Big Blue Nation realizes it or not. In Cal's 12 years, he has failed to live up to the expectations of the preseason AP poll 10 of those 12 years. And the two years he did were the 2011 Final Four team and the championship season of 2012. Oh, what about that 2014 team? That was an eight seed and pulled off all those upsets and made it to the championship game. Uh Uh-huh. That team was ranked number one in the preseason. They still didn't live up to expectations. So although the Big Blue Nation remembers that season fondly due to what happened in March, the facts are that team was a huge disappointment until the tournament too. So before you fall for these preseason expectations next year, and it will be just like that as usual, don't fall for the old banana and the tailpipe trick again. It happens every year. Everybody around here fell for that media hype of Terry Wilson. Touchdown Terry Wilson last summer just because he had a new haircut and was saying different things that he said the year before. That didn't work either. But anytime you have big expectations and don't live up to them, your fan base will see the season as a failure, whether that's in the Big Blue Nation or somewhere else. But this team had the number one recruited class coming into this season. Uh Uh-huh. How did that work out? Our friend Jeff Drummond who works with Rivals.com, one of those websites that ranks these high school players with five stars, four stars, whatever, says what we already know, but don't realize. These star ratings are not objective. They are subjective. In other words, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. 
What looks like a superstar to one guy might look like just another guy to somebody else. The Big Blue Nation was sold a bill of goods on this recruiting class because nobody on this team was worthy of five-star ratings that they had before they walked on campus last summer. Does Calipari simply have to look in the mirror to figure out what went wrong this season? It seems like he's lost that edge he used to have. But he had plenty of excuses ready to go. The COVID killed the preseason. Well, it did for everyone. But Kentucky and Duke milked that for all it was worth this year, and we'll talk about Duke and their latest little trick later on. But Cal had plenty of other flawed logic this year, too. But where was Cal's Tenzing Norgay off the court? Dwayne Peavy left town. Kenny Payne left town. And Calipari was on his own to talk down to fans as if they were annoying and not very smart. Cal telling people, if they knew basketball, they'd see what was going on. Comments. Comments like that speak volumes to what he thinks of the knowledge of the fan base. Same exact thing happened after the last game they played this week when Dante Allen scored 23 points. And the first thing Calipari talks about him at the press conference after the game is that he missed a screen. Calipari sees the Big Blue Nation when he looks at Allen. And he's obviously sick and tired of the fans. But Calipari can't go through another season next year like he did this year. He has to remember this basketball stuff matters more to the Big Blue Nation than it does to him. The swagger that Cal has had when he got here, when he felt like he could do anything he he wanted to and still win, that's what he needs. The Big Blue Nation wants that guy back. Not the bitter, angry old man shaking his fist and yelling at clouds like you saw from Calipari this season. In other words... He needed a Tenzing Norgay to help him and keep him grounded. And this year, he didn't have a Tenzing Norgay. But how loyal is this fan base? Even after going 9-15 and in the regular season, losing three of their last four games, the Big Blue Nation still thought they had a great chance going into Nashville this week of winning the SEC tournament after a season finale over South Carolina, a team that had given up weeks ago. But even with that, Kentucky lost the first game in the SEC tournament to Mississippi State, a game they were favored to win. Lather, rinse, repeat. Oh, so Mississippi State must have really went on a run and swept through the SEC tournament. Uh, No, they didn't. They fell just short against Alabama the next day, only losing by 37 in a squeaker. Bad beat for those of you who had Mississippi State and 36.5 points out in the desert. How about some of these guys that will be making decisions on this team? Or Calipari will be making the decision for them about who's staying in town and who's leaving town in the next few weeks. B.J. Boston. What happened to this guy? Top three NBA draft pick in November. Now he's lucky if he even makes the draft. And the Big Blue Nation keeps thinking he's coming back based on some vague statement Calipari said in passing last week. Uh Uh-huh. I'll give you an example in just a minute of how those vague Calipari comments are often just total spin. And if you're waiting on B.J. Boston to score a point in the SEC tournament, keep waiting. Zero points in 23 minutes from a guy who was a top three NBA lottery pick four months ago. What about Terrence Clark? He played four games during the regular season, including the Louisville game on December 26th. That was the last regular season game he played because after that, 
He didn't play again until this past week when he played 10 minutes and put up two points. Huh. You mean he didn't play for two and a half months and miraculously was ready to come back for the SEC tournament? That doesn't smell fishy whatsoever. There's no eyebrows raised. There's no red flags there at all. But, of course, the telltale sign of this season, whether he likes it or not, is Dante Allen. He scored 118 points this year, 46 in two games against Mississippi State. People think Calipari came around on Allen, but in the final seven games of the regular season, Dante Allen averaged 5.7 minutes a game, including that South Carolina game where everybody played, including guys we'd never heard of before. He only hit one three-pointer in those last seven regular season games. Calipari had put Allen right back in the doghouse. But there wasn't the same Big Blue Nation outrage this time because the Big Blue Nation had already given up on this team. Whether Allen should have been playing more minutes is irrelevant. The way Calipari handled the Dante Allen situation should be a red flag for any Kentucky kid that wants to fulfill their childhood dream of playing for their beloved Wildcats. The line during the season when Calipari said he forgot to play Allen one game in the first half, so he couldn't play him in the second because that's a rule of his, and then broke that same rule a few games later. One of the worst excuses I've ever heard on why you don't want to play a guy. Basically, unless you're perfect, if you're a Kentucky kid coming to Kentucky to play, you basically have to be perfect because you're in a no-win situation if you're a kid from Kentucky coming to play here for Calipari. I saw Rex Chapman in the late 80s. He didn't live up to the Big Blue Nation expectations, and yet he was an NBA lottery pick that played in the league for 12 years and averaged 17.6 points a game at Kentucky. It wasn't enough. And if you're a kid like Reed Shepard, Why would you want to put himself or his family with both parents having a Kentucky basketball legacy? Why would you want to put them through anything like what Dante Allen had to go through this year? So would you blame Dante Allen for leaving town after this season? You can't blame it at all. By the way, the news came out yesterday. Cameron Fletcher now officially leaving town. In other news, water is wet. If you couldn't see this one coming, you need more help than just listening to this show. I promise you. Fletcher played seven minutes in two games after his meltdown after the North Carolina game this year. But just last week, Calipari told us the absolute truth, of course. What about Cameron Fletcher? Saying that he has made a total transformation. Uh Uh-huh. That total transformation was such a big change that a week later after saying that, Fletcher's leaving town. And based off the last couple of years, Fletcher will be much better off. Johnny Juzax was a second-team All-Pac-12 this season, averaging 14 points per game. He left town last year. Jamar Baker averaged 12 points a game for Arizona this past year. Do you think Calipari could have used those guys on the team this year? Probably so. But they left town just like Cameron Fletcher. But the whispers of internal struggle might have had some validity this season. Fletcher is gone due to his actions, The Terrence Clark mystery isn't really a mystery if you think about it. And apparently this team just couldn't get over it. But don't worry, Big Blue Nation. This team won't finish 9-16 next season. And next October, the media buzz will be the same as usual. Calipari will bring in plenty of those five-star high school players and some transfers, and that will make a roster 
that looks to be the team to beat in the SEC yet again next year. But until Calipari finds a few Tenzing Norgays, talented and trustworthy guys who will do his dirty work and not look to steal the credit, it's not going to be as good as it was in the early years of the Calipari era. Say that five times here in Lexington. Because just like Michael Jordan learned the hard way, everybody needs a Tenzing Norgay. And that's the bottom line. ESPN Radio 1,392.5. The bottom line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel. Coming up after the break, we will go over the rest of the world in college basketball on this Selection Sunday, one of the best days of the year. And we'll have a special announcement about the future of the bottom line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel. But first, our brand spanking new title sponsor, Stable Duel. The Stable Duel app is up and running, and this March... Stable Duel is offering a contest where basketball meets horse racing. Similar to fantasy football, you select your stable or team of 10 horses and watch your points rack up. There are daily games and big cash prizes, and you'll be competing against people like myself and Dead Air Dennis of Classic Rock 96.1 to see if you can pick some winners. It's easy to use, and if somebody like me can figure it out, I promise you that you can figure it out. Even if you're new to horse racing, it's no problem at all. I've been on that app playing a few times. It's easy, fun, and I'm looking forward to using Stable Duel during the tournament, especially when Keeneland and the Triple Crown races come around this spring. Right now, Stable Duel has crossover games where if you finish in the top four, you'll be assigned a Sweet 16 team in the NCAA tournament, and if your team wins the entire tournament, you'll walk away with big prizes. So go download the Stable Duel app today and start playing right out of the gate. Low buy-ins, big payouts and play against your buddies for true racing domination. Download the app today or check them out online at StableDuel.com. ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. that Kerry Von Erich running to the ring? That's old school if you know that one. You're an old school wrestling fan like me. The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor presented by Stable Duel. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Sunday morning. Okay, our special announcement... We've been doing this show since last summer, every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, even though last week's was uh, the lost episode. You can hear that on our website, WLXG.com. We've had a lot of positive feedback, and we really appreciate it very much. And remember, you can email the show anytime, bottomlinelex at gmail.com. But the powers that be here at ESPN Radio have expanded the bottom line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel, now to two days a week. Saturdays and Sundays at 9 o'clock. So, starting next Saturday, just in time for the NCAA tournament, how ironic, we will now be on twice a week, Saturday and Sunday mornings, 9 o'clock. So, we would like to thank you so much for listening to us and all the feedback that we've gotten. We really appreciate it. We enjoy doing this, and I know it makes Miss Judy's day to be able to flip on the radio and hear this show. So, make sure to tune in to The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel. Now, on Saturdays and Sundays at 9 o'clock here on ESPN Radio. And another programming note, it's a huge week here for the bottom line. Don't forget the bottom line Bracketology Spectacular. Coming up Tuesday at 6 o'clock, John Clay of the Lexington Herald-Leader, our good friend, he will join me, and we will go head-to-head and pick these brackets that come out later today. So don't call the desert or fill out your office pool brackets without listening to the bottom line Bracketology Spectacular. With John Clay, the Lexington Herald leader, and me, Brad Taylor, 
Tuesday, 6 o'clock. And if, for you procrastinators out there, you're filling out your brackets last minute. The show will be rebroadcast on Thursday at 4 o'clock, just before the tournament starts. So, two for the price of one this week. It's a two-for Tuesday. That's a good classic. That's a Dead Air Dennis used to need that on uh, Classic Rock. Tuesday at 6, rebroadcast Thursday at 4. Your bottom line, Bracketology Spectacular with John Clay, Alexa the Hero Leader, and myself. So a huge week. Don't miss out. All the fun this week on ESPN Radio, 1392.5. And again, we thank you so much for listening and enjoying the show. But is there a better day of the year than this one? Today, Selection Sunday. I often try to make a little list kind of running in my head of my favorite days of the year. I always put January 2nd as one of my favorites because the holidays are finally done. I'm not a big fan of the holidays, but that's another story for my therapist and I for another time. February 15th, another favorite one. Now Valentine's Day is over. That's another one you get past. That's a good day. But Selection Sunday right up there at the top, especially now that Selection Sunday is the same day as we move the clocks forward. That's always a good day, too. So now it doesn't get dark at 6 o'clock. Now... I can sit at home and watch game shows every night. The sun is still up. It's a good day. So this is easily one of the top five days of the year for me personally. We hope you enjoy it too because it's Selection Sunday. But one of the big stories here on Selection Sunday, leave it to Duke to use the COVID yet again to seem holier than thou. This week, Duke won two ACC tournament games, including one against Louisville. And we'll get to the cards story in just a moment. But Duke mysteriously had COVID issues the next day just before they played Florida State after those two ACC tournament wins. A game Florida State was favored to win. According to the ESPN BPI, if Duke had played Florida State and beaten Florida State, they would have had a 70% chance of making the tournament. But if Duke had played the game against Florida State and lost... The ESPN BPI said they would have a 19% chance of making it. So, what happens? Duke has COVID issues, allegedly, and drops out of the ACC tournament just before a game they weren't supposed to win that might hurt their little chances of making the tournament. So Duke says, well, our season is over. And then a couple of days later, it came out their season is not over. We've changed our mind. We can test. We're we'll be all right. We can have five players next week. Go ahead and invite us to that tournament next week. Unbelievable! They will accept now an invitation if it was happened to be given by the NCAA tournament committee, led by, you guess it, the Kentucky athletic director, Miss Barnhart. Now, how ironic would that be if Miss Barnhart sent out an invitation to Duke after all this COVID stuff? What a shocker! According to Joe Lenardi, Duke is sitting in the next four out category, meaning that they are eighth in line right now to make the tournament of the teams that are currently in. So they should not be in the tournament on resume, but would you be shocked in the very least if Duke somehow, some way, was playing in the NCAA tournament next weekend? I wouldn't, not one bit. Because, as we always say on this show, it all depends on who you are in life. And Duke is going to bring in more money than Utah State or Colorado State, two teams just ahead of them on the bracketology pecking order. And after losing about $800 million last season by not playing the tournament, 
Do you think the NCAA is worried about pissing cupcake teams off to bring in a moneymaker like Duke? No chance. So Duke is still alive this morning by hook or by crook. By the way, do you believe in karma? Do you believe in good things happening to good people? Do you believe in what comes around goes around? Well, if you do, Rick Pitino was qualified for the NCAA tournament yesterday at Iona, of all places. They pulled the Duke on February 20th and said, our season's over. We've got COVID issues. We're just going to quit for the season. We're out. Well, they took that back at the end and said, well, our regular season is over, but we'll play in this conference tournament just to make things fair for everybody else in the league. So, of course, as the number eight seed, Iona and Rick Pitino run the table in four games this week, and they're now headed to the NCAA tournament with a robust record of 12-5. and five. So let me get this straight. Rick Pitino is in the tournament, and John Calipari isn't. Sheesh. <laughs> the Big Blue Nation must be thrilled with that one. But ironically, one of the teams that Patino might have knocked out by making the tournament, his old pals up at Louisville. Louisville sitting on the cusp right now after losing in the ACC tournament to Duke. They're right on the edge. Lenardi has them as one of the last four teams in. So it's a coin flip for them when that bracket is revealed this afternoon whether Louisville gets in. If they don't get in, you know who they can blame? Rick Patino. Isn't it a small world in college basketball sometimes? Speaking of yesterday's college basketball, the NCAA bid Steelers. Georgetown was an eight-and-a-half-point underdog, and they not only did they upset Creighton, they blew them out 73-48 to before the tournament. Georgetown, 80-1 to to win the Big East. This from a team, Patrick Ewing, they didn't even recognize him at Madison Square Garden earlier in the week. By the way, why are you asking Patrick Ewing, who just happens to be seven feet tall and played for the New York Knicks for what, 15 years at least? Uh huh. Why are you asking him for ID? Why are you checking him down? Are you that dumb? Anyway, anyway. when Georgetown makes the tournament, John Thompson ain't walking through that door. May he rest in peace. Down in Atlanta, my good friend, big play Jay Wright, on cloud nine today, Georgia Tech, a five-point dog. By the way, Jay, I hope you went on that under like we talked about yesterday. Something tells me you didn't, but hey, I, I can't, it's a hard time hearing you this morning for that all that all that money in my ear. Georgia Tech upset Florida State eighty to seventy-five to win the ACC. Georgia Tech was forty to one to win the the ACC tournament. Of course, Virginia dropping out didn't help, didn't hurt their cause at all. That's the thing about taking these future bets in these tournaments. Just take the money lines going straight out if you're going to invest in these tournaments, because you don't know. What if Gonzaga gets the COVID and they have to drop out? Boom, all those future tickets on Gonzaga, all your brackets, they're all destroyed. Yeah, handle with care when it comes to these future wagers. Late last night, Oregon State, another 8.5-point underdog. They stole a bid from somebody, maybe Louisville, when they upset Colorado by two to win the Pac-12. They were 100-1. to to win the Pac-12 tournament this time last week. So there you go. Teams like Georgetown and Oregon State, they're making lots of money. What does that teach us for the uh, NCAA tournament? Might be a good time to take some dogs. Might not want to play all that chalk all the way through and take Gonzaga all the way. Just saying. Another tournament yesterday, number 13, Texas, took down number 12, Oklahoma State. Don't know how Oklahoma State was ranked higher, but that's neither here nor there. So Texas wins the Big 12 after Baylor went down. 
and Kansas got the COVID. Yeah, another just monumental uh, stroke of uh, good fortune for Texas. Oh, Kansas got the COVID. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, whatever. There's three, five games, excuse me, left in college basketball this season. They're all today. The one, the big one, you can hear on ESPN Radio later today, the SEC Championship game. Alabama sitting as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over LSU. That's a lot of points. We said LSU was a great value play to win this tournament. They might be a good hedge spot right now if you've got a ticket on them. By the way, the chalk covers a lot in the SEC tournament, 57.4%. The favorites are running the are covering the spread out in the desert including 67% in the line is five points or higher. That's in the last 10 years. So the trends say Alabama. Well, it'd be tough to me to lay that many points against LSU today. Very interesting game in the Big Ten. Illinois, a six-point favorite over Ohio State, who had a great win yesterday over Michigan. I was really hoping Illinois would lose early in this Big Ten tournament and drop down to that two line in the brackets because I'm very high on Illinois getting to the Final Four right now. But they're definitely, they're probably a one, number one seed now because they didn't lose early in this tournament. But if you're looking for a team other than Gonzaga to win this tournament, Illinois might be your best bet regardless of what happens today. Illinois, one of our favorites going forward. They're a six-point favorite. That seems like a lot against Ohio State. Other games today. If you're looking for a bid stealer, here's the last one out there. Cincinnati is going to be a 13-point underdog against Houston in the American Athletic Conference uh, finale championship game today. If Cincinnati wins, they'll knock some team out, like potentially Louisville. If they lose, nothing's uh, nothing's changed. But a 13-point dog, even, that's a lot. 13 is a lot, in this, even in this one. Two other conference tournaments today. The Atlantic 10, VCU and St. Bonaventure. St. Bonnie's is a three-point favorite. Favorites in this tournament? They cover 33% of the time in the last two, 10 years. So always play the dogs in the A-10. Might be a spot to take VCU. Could be foreshadowing to our Mac Daddy Stogie segment coming up. You never know. And the Patriot League. We all know the Patriot League very well. Colgate, not the toothpaste, but the school. A nine-point favorite over Loyola, Maryland. Single-digit favorites in this tournament, in this conference. They cover 62% of the time in the last 10 years. So Colgate might be your play if you use the trends. And that is previewing your day today and looking at yesterday in college basketball. ESPN Radio of 92.5 and 1300. The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel. Coming up after the break, the most profitable segment in Lexington Radio, our Mac Daddy Stogie Picks. But first, I am third. They work to carry out the belief through commitment to serve the entire city of Lexington and the surrounding counties through basketball, soccer, equine, tennis, and a variety of other sports, camps, and recreation activities for Lexington's youth and the, the youth of the, all the surrounding counties. So call our good friend Jeremy Hobbs and inquire about their spring programs. IamThird.org. We were out there a couple of weeks ago. They couldn't have been better, and they have so much great stuff going on. IamThird.org. That's capital I-A-M, the number three, R-D.org. IamThird.org. ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel. Thank you for joining us on this Sunday morning. Really appreciate it. Uh, some quick hitters before we get into our Mac Daddy Stogies. Marvelous Marvin Hagler passed away yesterday. I was sad to hear that. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. He beat Sugar Ray Leonard back in 1987, if you can believe it was that long ago. That's, what, 34 years? Unbelievable. 
Uh, Hagler was so upset that uh, he quit boxing forever after he lost that fight, which I thought he won. That's neither here nor there. Of course, Sugar Ray Leonard beat him mentally. Didn't beat him physically. He just beat him mentally. But it's very rare you see a guy 32 years old just leave boxing forever and never return. Quite possibly the best round of boxing in the history of the sport was when he fought Tommy Hearns back in the day. Uh, But that was when boxing was still a thing. Can you name any boxing champions today? Uh, Yeah, Floyd Mayweather doesn't count. Yeah, I can't either. UFC is bigger than boxing now. Well, so, yeah, it is what it is. So rest in peace, Marvelous Marvin. Thank you, sir. Uh, I saw where Carmelo Anthony passed Hakeem Olajuwon on the NBA all-time scorers list. Uh, If you were starting a team today, who would you take, Carmelo or Hakeem? Even in today's game of all three-pointers, who would you take? Oh, it's Hakeem. It's not even close. Once the college season ends, we'll be talking a lot more NBA, especially once we get to the playoffs. Uh, By the way, the Jazz covering point spreads like crazy this year, but that's another story for another day. Some other little tidbits. I saw where A-Rod and Jennifer Lopez split up yesterday. Oh, what a shame. It's amazing when things like that happen. By the way, two months ago, three months ago, they were this close from buying the New York Mets. What if they had bought the New York Mets together and then split up? Then what? Then who gets what? You talk about a divorce settlement and they weren't even married. Yeah, that's why you should never go into business with, yeah, just stay away from stuff like that. Yeah, I can't get too much into that on the radio. Yeah, just yeah, just just walk away. It's good. To, we'll just walk away. Another thing that caught my eye, Cam Newton re-signed with the Patriots. I did not see that coming at all. Cam Newton, eight touchdowns, ten interceptions this year. Of course, he had 12 rushing touchdowns. Seven and eight as a starter for the seven and nine Patriots. Also seven and nine against the spread. This doesn't uh, seem like they're done, though. I think they're going to bring in another quarterback. Probably draft one of those rookie quarterbacks that are allegedly going to go early in these drafts. But uh, let's get to the Mac Daddy Stogie picks here before we get too uh, too caught up in all this stuff. Big games today. Conference tournament finals. There's five games that you can choose from. We kind of like uh, one in terms of just going with the points and against the uh, point spread here. The Atlantic 10. VCU getting three points against St. Bonaventure. Our good friend Ken Pomeroy says St. Bonaventure will win by two, 65-63. And the trend we're going to use for this one, we look for, in the conference tournaments, we look for the poor ATS teams against the good ones, the ones who have underachieved all year, the ones who have gotten less than 50% against the spread, and they're facing a team that has gotten 67% or more against the spread. We always like those poor teams. If you've done that in conference tournaments over over time, you've hit 56.7% of the time. That's bad ATS teams against good ATS teams, ATS meaning against the spread in the conference tournament. So we got Ken Palm on our side. We got history on our side. Looks like a play for us. We'll take VCU getting three against uh, St. Bonaventure today in the Atlantic 10 championship game. That's our play. Uh, But the rest of the plays we have for today, we like totals. And what happens in these conference finals especially? A little bit more conservative. There's a lot on the line, especially for a team like Cincinnati today. A lot on the line. Either they play and they get in and they win the game, or if they lose, they go home and they have no more games to play. So a lot of teams are a lot more conservative. If you take unders in conference finals when the number is 140 or less, if you do that in conference tournament finals, number is 140 or less, you cover by going under 62.1% of the time. 
146 up and 89 down. That says 2005. You have two that fit that today. You got VCU and St. Bonaventure, total 129. Houston and Cincinnati, total 137. So we like both of those games to go under. Based on the trends alone, Ken Palm is in agreement with us. But we'll take under at both those conference tournament finals. And then, here's another trend that we like. When the total's very high in any conference tournament game, when the total is 150 or higher, you want to go under in that game as well. If you do that in the last 15 years, you hit 57.5% of the time, 207 up, 153 down. That's pretty good. The two other games that fit this today with high-scoring affairs in terms of what the desert forecasts, Alabama and LSU, 158. That's the total in that game. They expect a lot of points in that one. Illinois, Ohio State at 150. So there's two more that fit our little trend for this one. Ken Palm in agreement with us. So we've got five, count of five, Mac Daddy Stogies to build your bankroll today in preparation for the NCAA tournament this week. Against the spread, let's take VCU getting three in the Athletic 10 championship game against St. Bonaventure. And under in four big conference tournament final games today. Go under in that A-10 game, VCU and St. Bonaventure. Under Houston, Cincinnati. Under Alabama, LSU. Under Illinois, Ohio State. We love rooting against human achievement here on the bottom line. So take the unders and root for defense. We don't like to see good things happen. We like chaos and anarchy. That's the way we get uh, cash tickets here on the bottom line with Brad Taylor. Presented by Stable Duel. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up after the break, we will preview this selection Sunday on ESPN Radio, one of the best days of the year, and repeat our show announcement from earlier. Very exciting for us. But first, we say it all the time. In the real world, a friend in need is a friend indeed. But on the bottom line, a friend in need is a pest. And if you have unwanted pests in your home, call our good friend Matt Schaefer at IPM Pest and Termite. They have decades of experience here in Lexington. And they are the best in the business at what they do. So check out IPM Pested Termite today. MyIPM.com. That's MYIPM.com. IPM Pested Termite, your neighborhood pest professional. MyIPM.com. ESPN Radio, 1,392.5. A lot of stories with that song from back in the day. None of which I can share on the radio. It's the bottom line with Brad Taylor presented by Stable Duel. Thank you so much for joining us today. I was uh, just looking at the uh, current odds, the live odds, uh, for today's uh, college basketball games. A few of them have changed since we uh, started the show when I gathered my information. Uh, St. Bonaventure, uh, about a three-point. They might be three and a half some places. If you're going to take VCU today, maybe wait till closer to game time at 1 o'clock. Uh, that line will probably, I'm not going to say it will, but it looks like it's going to tick up to three and a half, so you might get a little extra value there. The LSU-Alabama game, uh, when we started this show, it was 7.5. Now it's down to 6.5. Six, six in some places with a little extra juice. So the public now on LSU in this one, uh, sending that line the other way. And Houston looking at 13.5 now. With this, uh, this morning it was 13. Now at 13.5. A lot of the wise guys out in the desert like Houston in this one. 62% of the cash out in the desert on Houston. As we sit here, uh, you know, what, about three hours till game time of these 1 o'clock games? LSU and Bama? Uh, yeah, so it's, lines moving as we speak. There, It's a constant uh, up and down out in the desert. Repeating our na- announcement from earlier in the show, the bottom line is now twice a week. 
Saturday and Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. We're very excited and grateful about that. Uh, of course, don't forget our one-hour bottom line bracketology spectacular with myself and John Clay, uh, the Lexington Herald leader. That'll be Tuesday at 6 o'clock, and it'll also be rebroadcast on Thursday at 4 o'clock. Big week here at ESPN Radio. Of course, you know we have uh, final first four to final four coverage of the NCAA tournament every game here on ESPN Radio. We're very excited about that. We have all kinds of little contests that you can enter. Uh, I know we have our Bracket Mania Challenge you can sign up for and win big cash prizes just going to our website, WLXG.com. We'll have all that stuff coming up this week, of course. Um, today on ESPN Radio, coming up at the top of the hour, it's the Angelo Show, and I'm sure he'll have a lot to say about Kentucky basketball this season. And uh, I do know that uh, he's going to uh, talk about uh, Coach Steve Ortmeyer, who unfortunately passed away this week. I know that Angelo uh, did his pregame show, his UK pregame show with the coach. Uh, I never met Coach Orgeron, or Orgeron, Coach or- Ortmeyer, but uh, everyone uh, here at uh, ESPN Radio uh, swore by him, said he was you know as good as gold about everything. So Angelo will uh, talk about him and pay tribute to him, uh, that uh, man that everybody here had a ton of respect for. So that'll be really good stuff. So don't miss Angelo talking about his friend Steve Ortmeyer uh, on his show today. And don't touch that dial all day. For your Selection Sunday headquarters, because it gets no better than ESPN Radio. At 12.45, the SEC Tournament Championship, Alabama and LSU. Alabama now down to 6.5, six, six in some spots. A little money coming in on LSU in that one. At 3 o'clock, the AAC Championship game, Houston and Cincinnati. Houston now 13.5 in this one. So, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. The bracket's coming out. I know the uh, Joe Lenardi uh Bracketology is out now for uh, updated as of yesterday's games. He's got his four top seeds, Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, Michigan. I'm going to tell you right now, two of those four are not making it, and I don't think Gonzaga is one of those two. So we're looking at Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan. Only one of those three is going to make it. And if I had to fade one of those three right now, Baylor. Why is Baylor a good candidate to lose early? Oh, well, they missed COVID. No, it has nothing to do with COVID. Michigan missed COVID, too. Baylor doesn't play the defense. You look at the – we'll talk a lot about this on our Bracketology show. We talk about pace of play and teams that play defense, especially in the early rounds of the tournament. Those are the teams that you look for to, team, to pull off upsets, teams with slow paces of play, and teams that concentrate and play very good defense. Baylor, not exactly a great defensive team. Now, if you see them faced up with Iowa in their region, another team that doesn't concentrate much on the defensive end, Baylor gets a break there. But if they get a team like Alabama in their region, if they get a team like Houston in their region as a two-seed, now you're looking at a potential for Baylor not even making the Final Four, something that maybe three weeks ago was almost a given. When we were talking about it's Gonzaga and Baylor against the entire field, it's amazing how much just a couple of weeks of basketball will change things. Very excited about the uh, college basketball selection show today. One of my favorite times of the year. The only unfortunate thing, uh, yeah, it's the same cast of characters on CBS doing it. Jim Nance, who I have a lot of problems with. That's another story. We talk about Mount Rushmore's of biggest <clears throat> in sport. Yeah, he's up there. Peyton Manning's up there. That's another story. We'll do that this summer. I can promise you that. Yeah, and... And talk about annoying people. How long has Greg Gumbel been doing that halftime show for the CBS for that college basketball? I, I just I can't I can't deal with those two anymore. Jim Nance just rolls out. He go, leaves the golf course 
and then for like two weeks a year, he announces the college basketball. That would be like if he just announced the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, and that's all he did all year. That's all he basically does for the Final Four, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not bitter at all. Don't forget, today at 6 o'clock, Selection Sunday, all the brackets will be released here on ESPN Radio. That's Selection Sunday at its finest. But as always, we thank you for listening to The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel. Remember, you can email the show anytime, bottomlinelex at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter, at bottomlinelex. Don't forget, The Bottom Line Bracketology Spectacular with John Clay, the Lexington Herald leader, and me, Tuesday at 6 o'clock. And The Bottom Line with Brad Taylor, presented by Stable Duel, now Saturdays and Sundays at 9 o'clock. So until the next time, as always, may the winners be yours.